0: here we go you want to kick us off or you want me to do it
1: uh why don't you do it uh i think think in in your mind you had a kind of a vision for for this (laughs) like what today's gonna look like and i i have a general sense but
0: yeah um all right well well uh welcome everyone thank you for listening to professional development we hope you enjoy this podcast uh where teachers talk about teaching um let's jump into it I'm, I'm Jim Maris. I teach 11th grade English in Boston, Massachusetts.
1: And I'm Brandon Piasecki, and I teach 5th grade science in Stockton, California. I should say yeah. I will be teaching 5th grade of science. Yeah. Science.
0: <laughs> so Brandon and I, uh, we've been friends for a long time. We've been teaching for a while. And uh, over the summer, we wanted to talk. We, we were chatting, and we decided that we wanted to do a podcast about teaching. So today we're going to discuss the biggest thing that was probably on every teacher's mind, uh, remote learning, remote learning during COVID. Uh, There's a lot to say. I don't even know where to begin, but Brandon, why don't you, let's start here. Uh, When did you go remote and like, what, what was it like first going remote? Like before you like develop sort of new skills, what was that like for you?
1: Well, the date, I think, is uh, almost the same day for everybody, that, that March 13th, mm-hmm. right? March 13th, 2020, Friday the 13th. I don't, I don't know if that was exactly the same day for you, but that, that was the last day I taught in person. So I guess technically the day I went remote would have been, we had, we had two weeks off. Um, it, it lined up rather well with our spring break. So they, I, think, yeah. I think the next week was our spring break, actually. Okay. They gave, they gave us two extra, They gave us an extra week, so we had two weeks off um and i mean i think for me it it came it came it came on rather suddenly in the moment um i i was aware that covid was a thing i was at that point i think that week there was that that kind of panic mode i remember i went shopping i think that that tuesday mm-hmm. to i went to safeway and oh my goodness i literally had like there was no meat. i bought the, the only meat they had was, like, two $20 each filet yeah. mignons. I was like, I don't know how to pronounce it, filet mignon." Yeah, I, bought, I think you got I it. I bought those two, and <laughs> there were only, like, four left. So, I, like, I, remember, and I think that that moment, like, earlier that week was my, my like, oh, my goodness moment. Like, yeah. hey, like, <laughs> this, is, this is real. People were panic buying. Um, and so, you know, I, th- I, think, I think for me – um, yeah, like, I, I definitely, like, thought of my own family, my own family's safety, we Had a, we had a newborn, you know, yeah. three-month-old baby at that time, so there was a lot of that, uh, a lot of that fear of the unknown, but there was also, like, you know, second to that, like, was, like, what are my students going to do, how are my students doing, thinking about, like, their well-being, their their physical yeah. health, their mental health, it was so much unknown, um, and that's, that's sort of where I was at a year and a half ago, when mm-hmm. everything kind of shut down for the first time, and, yeah, that, that I, in terms of like where I was at, like what was, what was going through my mind, that, that's my quick thoughts
0: on. Yeah, did your school elementary. provide? Did your school? I'm curious about like, uh, it was. I've always found it interesting talking to different teachers, like the the different things that schools did, right? So when you like for for us, for example, there was there was like no guidance, there was nothing, like, and and I think I think that was the right call i I mean i don't know what right call actually means in this context but like it got to the point where i was just like why am i still getting a paycheck (laughs) because (laughs) like it was there was so much uncertainty
1: or how or how yeah (laughs) yeah or
0: how yeah because like yeah like i remember a friend of mine (laughs) who i was teaching with she was just like yeah, I'm pretty sure Massachusetts is eventually going to realize that they can only hire uh just one teacher for all contents and just fire all the other teachers. And that was like the joke that she wasn't yeah. serious about that, but of course it was it was a very um just the degree of uncertainty. I did sort of find myself wishing and I and I think I'm not saying this to sort of throw shade at the administration or whatever but like i do think that we probably should have had looking back on it more sort of um at least guidance for teachers right like because it was literally like um keep posting a couple grades and host office hours host office hours if you want on google meets because at that time we didn't have any zoom Um, or like we had zoom but like people weren't aware of it so i just remember like just a true free-for-all and then like it was like um people were like running into scheduling issues and there was like there seemed to be like no thought around not no thought but it's like well mayors wants to host his you know his ap lang office hours from this time to this time but the history teacher's doing it at the same time. And so now, and it's just like, oh yeah, in a real in-person school, you do have a master schedule, which is like, students are in specific spaces at specific times. And that also should exist on Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was that, did your school, was it, was it like that for you? Like in that spring, and I, you know, I want to talk about the fall and everything, but like, were you, I guess my question, were you surprised with like the lack of structure or guidance? Was it completely like do whatever you wanted until the end of the school year?
1: Uh, I mean, the guidance from, administration, guidance from our administration definitely did not say do whatever you want. But like at right. the same time, we were getting, I remember like after a couple of weeks, I was getting like a handful of kids for a class. yeah, class yeah, yeah. Bottom, Maybe like five kids or less at, towards the very end. Yeah. So it became a bit of a like, all right, we're gonna do like whatever we can do to uh, just kind of make this worthwhile. Um, I think I think like like you said, like there wasn't like a ton of guidance because like you know I, I don't know what the right call would have been, especially in March of, of 2020. But yeah. So much. Spending, no, it's hard. You know, to... like, no, no one knew what to do. Like, no, no one had a right answer. There was no right answer, right? Yeah. Um, but we we did we did thankfully like we had Zoom rolled out. I think relatively smoothly given the circumstances. Uh, every student that I taught was able to get on Zoom at the very beginning, uh, so like at least there was there was that access. Um, and, and I pretty much just turned it into like you know almost like a podcast. Like I think every teacher yeah. overnight became a podcaster slash blogger. Oh yeah, and that's why I
0: can yeah just, I'm comfortable just, hosting a podcast now because yeah. I used to I've taught remotely for a year. I have this whole exactly. fascinating new skill set.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely
1: and and so but like I I think um the the sentiment was do the very best you can I I think I think we all we all in my school um we all approach it with a sense of just do the very best that you possibly can um Mm -hmm. and and there's I think they I think I think our school did a good job of of recognizing that like obviously this wasn't going to be any kind of normal year end of the year but also not giving up completely and just saying do whatever you want um i, I think i think they, they did the best they could as far as that goes yeah yeah <laughs> uh, what about like like how, how did your year end like any any like any memories from like the end of 2020 square like how was that did you, did you taught 11th grade right yeah
0: yeah i taught 11th grade we did um,
1: i never got got seniors i didn't teach seniors i I can only imagine teaching like the senior class yeah (laughs) you know like at the end of 2020 i can only imagine like how crazy that must have been or just like sad That it was
0: really sad yeah i think um so i was i was doing everything i possibly could to like save kids grades right because like It's junior year. One of the reasons I like teaching juniors is because, um, you know, it's like pretty high stakes for college and it's really investing and it's like the oldest the kids are in high school before they totally check out senior year. So yeah. it's just like,
1: um, senioritis.
0: yeah, so I love teaching juniors. And then I, ju- I mean, everything, I just was so, it was very scary honestly and just kind of heartbreaking and sad the amount of kids who just weren't logging on and and it just sort of and I know this is not true but it it, like it just felt like they didn't want to do it which like (laughs) that's a reasonable thing (laughs) to think in a pandemic and you know everyone's sort of it but it, it everyone's world is upended right so like I'm not trying to place any kind of judgment on that but it did it felt as a teacher it just felt extremely isolating and very um like really demoralizing incredibly demoralizing because it's just like like you were saying i'm emailing i'm texting i'm posting on google classroom i'm like calling people individually and like no one is coming to the to the office hours or to check-ins and it's just like it end. it did end up turning to me into like a ton of one-on-one support right so like for the, sure the job of the job of the teacher completely changed because teaching is really about communicating to groups of people right and so now I remember the big thing that I remember from the spring was just getting frustrated with like I've already had this conversation 600 times because I'm only communicating this information to one kid at a time and they're like we did this research paper at the end of the year which is I mean they they turned out fine but it was it was not good but (laughs) I just remember like the by the time the kids came back from what was our like spring break there was like more guidance and people were saying like okay well meet during these times and they the our admin kind of followed up after spring break with like your grades are going to count what ended up happening was for their grading it was like basically quarter one and quarter two ended up the the semester grades are what calculates their gpa and essentially it was so it was there was no quarter three and quarter four we just rolled everything into the semester two grade plus the final Right. And so the final, the final was still going to be worth 20% of the kids semester two grades. So it was a really major thing. And for me, I had 50% of it be their performance on the AP test because at, because at that point, uh, they, we, they only did this last year as like a one-off thing, but I actually got the kids responses for their AP test. So I could, I could read and score the actual AP essays. And so what I ended up doing was for the final, oh, wow for the final 50% of the S two final semester two final was the actual performance on the AP test. And then the other 50% of the performance was gonna be their research papers. And basically what ended up, what I ended up doing was back grading virtually everything from those two scores. So like if you had not, essentially if you passed those two things, you would pass the course. not with like an A, right, but like I was trying to create, um, I was trying to create basically highly incentivize the two most important things and just make it always possible to pass, right, because why would you, why would you even, if you have this mountain of missing work as a junior, why would you even begin to do any work at all if you know you can't pass, and so I tried to really make it possible to pass no matter how low your actual grade was.
1: That's good. Our school did a, something similar uh they adjusted the the grading parameters like it's an IB school IB uh yeah. IB system and so for for this like as far as like our school grades go um they like their the school grades are based off of uh, the the IB rubric uh score parameters um there's this like point system and, and they they did so they did adjust them for that semester specifically i i think the adjustments they made were were just in that sweet spot of like you know it, it was enough incentive because it, it was almost impossible to to uh our, our school actually didn't give we don't give f's up until uh, until you get to 11th grade it's the lowest score you get is a d but you couldn't get a d unless you just didn't do anything. Like getting a mm-hmm. C minus was, was realistic for everyone.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, as long as you did something, you know, essentially mm-hmm. if you did something like did a little bit like, like, you know, put, put forth some effort at all. And I think that for the end of 2020, that was wherever it was at, like, it, yeah. do, do whatever you can um, definitely yeah. glad to be out of those woods. Um, next year, I think, Everyone had everyone's experience, depending on where you are in the country, kind of changed a little bit because some schools went back pretty, pretty early on, you know. Um, and, and some schools didn't go back until super late. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think us both, right? Like, how, when did you go back in person, or did you ever like fully go back in person? We did didn't you-
0: go, we didn't go back fully in person. The kids had, um, starting in what was it, March, this March yeah um yeah I, for, honestly, okay. I forget
1: but i think we it was think in march you had
0: yeah you had the option right. to go back uh and then it was hybrid so i had i had like i don't know probably 10 percent of my entire roster was in person and that's Got when you. i was just like just completely slammed with work because the the amount of the amount of logistical, technical, and, you know, we'll probably have to dedicate an entire episode just specifically talking about the technical skills of remote instruction. But, like, oh, man, that was so hard.
1: <laughs> I hear that. So so coming back into this last school year, like, how, how was starting the year off virtual for you?
0: It was overwhelming. I mean, it's like, okay, what you... You, you. I had to really make this conscious shift in our, in my own mindset of like, um, first of all, first of all, it took like a couple weeks to tr- even just trust the technology, right? Because what ends up happening, right, in like a classroom, the kid comes in and it's like, oh, I forgot my binder. Like, you need to have systems in place so that you're not like drop everything and solve this one little problem. And so, and I think that was sort of. Uh, an issue that I got caught up with early on, like kids would text me and chat me and be like, um, my microphone isn't working or my internet is slow or like some sort of random thing. And after a while, and at that point I would be like, I would spend like 10, 15 minutes, like text troubleshooting with them. And that was, that's just, I, by, by the end of the third week, I, I just was not doing that anymore. Cause you don't have the time. And like, also the kid like the kids need to be able to figure it out and some of them never did but it was just like nah and, and it, it took me a while to be like did I do something wrong or is it actually something on the kids end that they haven't figured out or they didn't click the right button or they're doing something wrong that they should have been able to figure out and eventually I got to the point where I just would text kids like no like you like I'm not solving this for you like click the link is in the the link is posted. Find it. I'll email it to you again or whatever. But it's just like it. It actually took me a while to like even trust that my end of the technology was like working. Remember at the beginning of the pandemic where you're like, oh, I'm going to share my screen. Can everybody see my screen? Like, remember that? <laughs>
1: I never stop saying that. By the way, <laughs> I and I and was, was... genuinely would always. And I would I would make fun of myself for saying, I'm like, all right, like, I, don't know, I don't know why I still say this, but can, can yeah. you all see my screen? Because yeah. sometimes I would, okay, I, maybe I stopped every once in a while. And I feel like the few times that I didn't say it were the few times that I didn't actually share my screen. I was talking for five minutes about something that my students couldn't even see. Right. <laughs> and so, right. You know, uh, and, the,
0: and I would have, sometimes I would have students like, they would chat me if they knew that i was making a mistake but like essentially it got to the point probably by like october november i was i was narrating the expectation i i would just say i'm sharing my screen now pay attention and like they would know but there are like there there are specific sort of classroom taxonomy moves that you i would use but you have to kind of transfer it to a digital environment, but like, I know yeah. the screen share function is working, and I know that you're playing Call of Duty, so I'm sharing my screen. <laughs> you better look at whatever thing I've got up on the Zoom because I need you to see it's this Bob, slide deck dude. right now. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, I think you yeah. raise a good point that kind of makes me think about uh, how I thought about my my like ten years of teaching. Uh, skill set like that i've kind right. of accumulated over the years and, and i think for every teacher like you know teaching in the last two years we all had to unlearn and relearn a lot oh yeah um, and and i think when it comes to like it almost go like like going back to fundamentals teaching fundamentals like you said, one one fundamental that comes to mind is like picking your battles mm-hmm. right Picking your battles in a classroom setting in a normal traditional classroom setting would would imply like classroom management type stuff where maybe there's a conflict uh, and, and like or maybe like you said a student forgets a, a student's like one of their supplies, and and you yeah you figure out systems you figure out ways to like mentally prioritize like picking your battles and which ones uh, you want and, and also a hierarchy of sol- problem solving like which problem do I solve first and. It, it took, it, you know, you kind of get an autopilot after, you know, we've you've been teaching as so long as we have and, and how how we go about that. You get really good at, at that because it's the same routine every year, the same general setup every year. But with mm-hmm. this, it, I try to look at it with the silver lining would be relearning and repracticing and, and reteaching myself that skill set of uh, like, like prioritizing troubleshooting, prioritizing, picking your battles, prioritizing problem totally. solving and, and those kinds of skills. It's just in a technology context. Right. So, um, I think you bring up a good point where it's like, okay, I need,
0: <laughs> Oh yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You bring up a good point where it's like, I need to create a system here. I need to be able to prioritize what I'm going to do for you having the technical difficulty. And sometimes, like as a teacher, it's like, I right, like I, like right now, this problem is something that it doesn't need to be solved. <laughs> and you know, like right. your internet issue, like at like t- I, I, in terms of me reaching all the students I need to reach, like thinking macro, you're still gonna get the material. And I don't right. need to solve this issue right in this moment, right now, you know. Yeah, and and sometimes you can't like ultimately it's like it's one of those things like we don't learn we we learn what we can and can't control and sometimes and I think a lot of teachers struggle with this myself included was so much was out of our Mm -hmm. control you know especially starting off the year with more of a system more of a all right this is what we're doing like we're remote learning until further notice yeah so I had I had to, I, I struggled with that, but it was also good to reteach myself and revisit and reflect on those fundamentals.
0: Yeah, and I think what um, what I sort of remember talking about mapping right, like mapping the skill set onto a remote environment. What ends up what yeah. ends up happening is a, a lot of those systems, a lot of the systems like in the actual school building, a lot of them. Are actually physical you can you can see the extra pencil jar you know like if a kid forgets the binder right like you'd say take this physical hall pass and go to your physical locker and pick up the binder right what we're literally recording right now (laughs) this is aaron hi no i i'm aaron i'm recording right now god we're like, it's, we're gonna edit that out. But,
1: um,
0: yeah, we're visiting we're visiting Aaron's family. So, um,
1: oh, are we?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're at first, I was really
1: confused because I was like, "Well, that's
0: why." Yeah, that's why it's like a little bit hectic because I'm kind of I'm you know, it is what it is. Dude, it's so
1: funny. You you at your your in laws' house right now, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So my in laws are at our house right now. That's <laughs> funny. Because that's they so sold funny. their house and they don't they don't they haven't been able to buy a new one yet. <laughs> this, yeah, this is crazy. Anyways, okay.
0: Well, we have um, the edit button. Let's, well, while we're off on this tangent, what do you want to do? Uh, go to, to, to 15 quarter pass? Is that good for you or, or what? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's fine. I, I was thinking we could just kind of segue into a, so what have you learned from this like le- remote learning experience? Like how can you, because obviously like we're not remote learning forever. It could be like, you know, it could, it could, it could come back of course, but.
0: Let's hey, do that. Like, let's, let's save that whole conversation for tomorrow. Cause that's like, I feel well, like that's a whole, I think, honestly, like, we can use this agenda, but I want to talk about the remote stuff for a, a while because there's just a lot to say. And I feel like we're only sort of just starting it, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so let's let's do that. And we'll go for 15 more minutes here, and we can edit this out. But um, All right, so yes. what was I saying? Where was I before I got interrupted?
1: You were talking about how in a physical classroom, there are physical locations physical things you can see visible cues yeah yeah yeah. And processes.
0: So, yeah 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 so okay as a teacher you have all these 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 uh physical systems and cues and stuff that right like do you use hand signals i think most teachers use hand signals i think just yeah for the bathroom the two fingers i literally but it's just simple as like i like all the time all the time in my classroom right the the way that students ask me because they're 11th graders and like i'm not trying to like micromanage stuff so a, a great example of this is like all the time so many students of mine will like point politely at the hall passes right and they're asking can i go to the bathroom and i will if it's a good time in the class i will silently just nod or give them the heads up right and i think There's so much of that communication, like that was the really like huge learning curve for me is like all of that communication that happens in an in-person setting, when that is gone, you start to make these assumptions that things aren't going well, or at least I did, right? Like, But actually the students are like, most of them are probably just sitting there paying attention, they understood what you said, and they're waiting for you to click the next slide right um and so yeah there's like i uh on the iphone it's called haptic feedback right like when the iphone actually physically shakes oh
1: uh, i didn't know it's called that
0: i think <laughs> it's called that and that's that like that's an important feature of the iphone because it's just like i got a text message right like there's all this sort of haptic feedback that mm-hmm. or, or some form of not physical and or nonverbal feedback that happens and like a lot of teaching is centered around that, even a simple body language. Body language. Huge. Um, body language is huge. That's all gone. Literally, just walking by and observing a ki- what the kid is writing down on their paper and giving them a thumbs up. That's like so so important. And so I it's, use
1: proximity in the classroom so much for like just catching their attention and, and yeah, re- you know, a nonverbal cue.
0: Right. You to feel totally. like
1: sure you are with me.
0: Right. Kids it's, ha- yeah. It's
1: all verbal now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Kids having a bad day and you want to just kind of manage it and make sure that they're not making inappropriate jokes. You just you just stand by their desk. Yeah. And teach from that spot for like three or four minutes. And then you walk around and you come back like that's such a huge thing. And and now I'm like literally seeing I'm literally watching them play video games on my zoom screen or (laughs) they don't have their cameras on so you have no idea but like you know you know they're playing call of duty so it's just or some of them not all of them but you know
1: yeah
0: the point that i'm i think that i'm trying to make is like when you pivoted when we pivoted right all of that kind of physical sort of in-person feedback and communication mapping that it's an abstraction, right? It's an imagined idea, right? An, e- an email, a good friend of mine um, once told me, he was like, the reason that kids don't really know how to use email is because they've never actually sent a physical letter. So they think in units of SMS text messages and like people like who haven't been raised in an in internet age, um, we used to send letters. We've sent a letter. We know what an actual yeah. physical piece of paper is that you put in a mailbox. And then I could send, put right your address on it. And then two days later, you pick it up. The email is the abstraction of that. And none of our students have actually really ever lived in a world where that is a thing. And so none of them have their email inboxes organized because they're like, what is the point of this? It's just, why can't you just text this to me?
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think I think organization is is one of those other um, landscape that is totally different in the, in like a purely digital realm, because in the, in the classroom, like, you know, it's very easy to see a stack of papers or a backpack full of loose papers and, and understand like, okay, this is like, there, there needs to be some kind of system of organization here. I think, it's also, I think, I think students have, to have, a, have a, a sense that there are, you know, the, there are tools you can use to stay organized. Like I've given students yeah. folders. Like folders are pretty like, okay, use this folder for this class of stuff. You like literally like, it's, it can be as simple as, this is chemistry, even if it's not organized in the folder, at least you know. You mm-hmm. can grab this folder and all of your chemistry stuff is in this folder and usually like, I can help you find what you need pretty quick. Whereas if I'm virtual and I'm not there looking at your iPad, you know, if, if literally all your pages documents, because we use all Apple, mm-hmm. all, all I, I, iPhone, iPad, I, I, sorry, iPad stuff. Um, like, mo- there, I, I know for a fact, a lot of my students, because I would get assignments submitted that just had untitled one, untitled two, untitled three, and so on. And, and like that, that's one other hurdle that, that was challenging in the digital landscape, teaching students how to organize. So I, that's one thing I started to do was, Like, you know, I would screen share and I would literally like, okay, we're going to start a lab right up. We're going to start a report. Here's how you could start this. And I would just like show the title of this. I would on my screen, like literally just like show them that process because I realized that like students weren't in the habit of doing that. So that became another thing.
0: One thing, (laughs) thing. one thing that I would do, I don't know if you can hear this dog barking in the background.
1: I can a little bit. It's all All good.
0: Well, You know, it is. This is this is a great example of like the problems of of remote learning, right? Like it is. It's so distracting. You're trying to have a conversation. I'm getting really annoyed right now in this moment, and it's hard to teach and communicate in that. But at least like your
1: screen is on. (laughs) Oh
0: man. Okay. So (laughs) one thing. One thing to that point of like visualizing, showing the screens, and kind of like modeling, right? Which is like a huge, a huge part of teaching. Yeah. Um what i would end up doing a lot of times i would have an assignment or a quiz or what like whatever the task was that i had planned for that day what i would end up doing my modeling i would pick and i would pick a mid mid level student right so someone who's like paying attention mid level skill set and because this was a whole other set of variables a kid who's who i knew had reliable internet and like whose connection was like mostly good most of the time right
1: when that's like and that like like, you knew you could ask him and or her and they would respond right immediately immediately (laughs) without an awkward pause or like
0: and what that right (laughs) and what so that presents like that choice alone presents like this whole host of equity issues right because the kid needs to be in a space that's quiet or that they can focus on they which means like a lot of my kids had child like or not a lot but a decent amount of my kids had child care responsibilities like c- taking care of older siblings or or even not child care but just like managing the family household in a lot yeah. of other ways right so that's like not not every kid can respond immediately and reliably on zoom for those reasons and then a lot of them don't have great internet or didn't have didn't have like fast internet And even if they did, there was just like, I don't know. So it narrows down very quickly who you can call on reliably to do this kind of thing. But what I would do is I had like a group of kids who I knew were like pretty reliable, mid to high skilled, who would respond immediately, who I knew were generally paying attention most of the time and who like were pretty decent with tech, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Because not all the kids are good with tech. We all think they are, but they're not. So what I would do for my modeling is uh, I would I would have them share their screen with me and the entire class, and I would just sit back and and basically tell them what to do. And I I would I would say, go to this screen, right, and then open up Google. I would say, you know, go to Google Classroom, go to your miss like filter by AP Lang, and I would literally like bark orders at them <laughs> for what to click because they didn't know what to click half of my kids have been using google classroom for years and do not literally do not know how to filter missing assignments in google classroom right and so it's like okay everyone uh this homework assignment had a 30% return rate so what we're going to do today is we're going to redo the homework assignment so you know so and so share your screen with me right now. (laughs) They share their screen. I say, go to this spot, go to Google Classroom, click these buttons to find the assignment, open up the handout, the PDF handout that I've attached to the assignment, scroll down. And I would often, I would find myself literally using the student's screen share to model for the students what to click where to access the resources, how to pull it up. Because a lot of times I would say instructions and key points or whatever are posted on this slide deck or this PDF that's attached to the assignment in Google Classroom. Literally, they don't know where to click. Yeah. Right? And so I think like that sort of confluence of tech barriers, where I was just, if I was in person, I would just have it up on the slide and they would just be looking at the board. You know what Mm -hmm. I
1: mean? And you could gauge if they are looking in at the direction of the board, you know, you can get a good sense of who's paying attention, who's seeing it. And you can, yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you find your, like, did you like find yourself doing that kind of stuff? I mean, I'm I'm sure you,
1: well, I think like what I was like, I, I think I swiftly realized the value of time and, and how easily you can go down the rabbit holes of like troubleshooting tech difficulties or over explaining or explaining multiple times a direction that, yeah. that you might think before your lesson, this should be a quick, easy thing. I, I, I mean, I, I started even just like casually joking about it towards the end. Cause it was always, I was always running out of time oh, yeah. because um, normally like our school, like our, our, class periods are normally 95 minutes um, or we're normally not 95 minutes. And for distance learning, they shortened it to I think it would end up being sixty-minute periods, mm-hmm. uh, and then fifty-five minute once it was uh, both in person and remote, and like you know that's two-thirds of your normal class uh, time that you're used to teaching this this course in, and so um, because of that, like I, I found myself doing a similar similar practice to, to what you were saying, but like I would just do it myself because I didn't want to take the time to to have the students share their screen. Not always. There were times where I had students share their screens with, with the intent to really make sure that like, you know, f- for one, one reason or another, just to make sure that like that specific student had understanding and might as well also while I'm teaching that student or to make sure that student was clear on the directions and everyone mm-hmm. else can see what they're doing. Um, but yeah, I think I, think I, I, I started uh, kind of axing certain norms that I would usually do. Like, Oh yeah. I of out my launches were taking like, you know, a 10 minute launch is, is a significantly higher percentage of the class than a ten-minute launch is in a ninety-five-minute class with the mm-hmm. shortened class period. So I was—I mean—I I made launches super quick and short. Sometimes I would just scrap them because it would—it would just be, oh, let's continue from yesterday and just like oh, start yeah. with launch. So there was a lot of for me. I think a big hurdle was was time, mm-hmm. and a combination of time. Of the class that I had to teach, like just the class length, and mm-hmm. also just like like navigating the the time it takes to communicate over Zoom, mm-hmm. where um, like you know, uh, there there are some some ways to to kind of troubleshoot and and, and you know make that work. Um, I think uh, front loading material like keynotes ahead of time helped mm-hmm. like a, a decent amount of my students. Um, I realized that pretty early on, you know, like having that all ready to go for them just made it quicker and easier and. Plus, yep. time like I at the beginning, I was just having it like if I had slides that I normally had for notes, I would have them, I would just say, like, add this. I there's always no me to check, but like, this is notes, and I would wait for them, yeah. To, like, write. Just, yeah I actually I did wait, that at first, I was wait like,
0: silently and hope they're writing, which
1: pretty much and I, <laughs> I, I did that, and I felt like such a goof for doing that yeah. because, like, it, it's they're just, not,
0: like, half they, of them uh, are
1: not. <laughs> it, it's like it, it's they're either not, or if they are, it's wasting valuable time that I have with right. them practice
0: (laughs) totally i don't know i
1: i just was like i i swiftly stopped doing that (laughs) oh yeah oh i had
0: i had the same same very similar realizations kind of within the humanities context um i know we're going to start winding down here but this has been it's it's been uh refreshing and interesting to kind of i feel like this is more of like kind of a big picture like what the hell happened (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) In remote learning. And then hopefully next time what what I I also want to have a conversation about like pretty concrete tools. Like what were the systems that you set up? What did you actually what did you actually do? What were some of the remote digital skills that you ended up developing? Because I think that's like a whole other skill set that I I literally feel like I've developed like a completely new and interesting skill set that I don't want to go to waste, but it's like completely out of necessity.
1: I agree. I agree hundred percent. We, we developed it out of necessity.
0: Yeah. And a lot of other people, a lot of other people did too. So,
1: yeah.
0: um, all right, man. Well, I know you got to run, but this was fun and, uh, I'll catch yeah. you later. Okay.
1: This is fun. Thank you so much for for listening and, and watching everybody and, uh, you know, hit, hit subscribe, you know, all, all that fun stuff. Uh, and, and let us know if you have any questions, shoot us an email. All right. Thank Absolutely. you
0: so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.